Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Let's head out to Honey Grove, Texas. Eric, how can I help you? Hey, how are you doing, Jim? Wonderful. Good. I'm, um, I'm just now building a uh, 22 by 20 cottage on the uh, piers. We got pier and beam and okay. um, it's getting kind of dry. And uh, I need to know about the soaker hose. Do I need to snake that thing around all the piers or no. do I need to do the perimeter? Just do the perimeter because the middle will, will take care of itself over time. Yeah. So I, I, we were just about done with the exterior. So I've got a lot of weight on them right now. Yep. And, and, um, that's great. So I can just go perimeter and should be okay, huh? Yes, sir. Well, that's wonderful. That's a great thing to hear, so I don't have to buy 50 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hate to say it this way, but I, I, I wish you a lot of luck on even finding soaker hoses right now. They are miserable to find right now. Well, I got one at least. Uh, I got lucky on that, but you're probably right. The, I'll have to get a couple more, and that might yep. prove to be tough. Well, good luck with it. Well, thank you. That was great info, and I'll be getting on that. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, Bill. Hey, how you doing, Jim? Wonderful. How about you? All right. I'm just trying to stay cool. Yep. Uh, I live in a mobile home. It's got a metal roof on top of it. It's a brand-new metal roof. There is no leaks in it. But I'm just wondering if there's anything that can be put on top of that metal. You know, even though it's white, it's a white metal roof. Is there anything she can put on top of it to to insulate it, you know, so it don't get so hot? There is. They they make a foam that can be sprayed onto roofs like that, uh, that that uh, acts as, as insulation. Now, my only issue I have with it, it will not last as long as the metal roof will. The the metal roof left alone will last longer than when you put that spray foam on. Uh, when you put that on there, it's got to be reapplied, oh, I don't know, five to ten years later. Uh, but it, it can be recoded, and then it lasts another five or ten years, you know. So uh, the short answer is yes, it, it can be, but there are some downsides to it. Right. What would it cost to have it sprayed with that stuff? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, to honestly, I got no clue at all what it would cost. I just know that the product is available. Do you know the product's name? Nope. I just uh, when I look for it, I just I go and Google for a uh, spray foam roof insulation. And it will stick to metal. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's made to go on the outside of the roof that way. Lyle and Plano, how can I help you? Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I have a garage with an eight-foot ceiling. And when you've been driving around in this 100-plus heat and then park your vehicle in there, it's an incredible amount of energy that you've just put into the garage. Right. And it heats the garage up something fierce. And I would like to know what you recommend as far as some forced ventilation to remove that heat and bring it back down to ambient. 
Uh, they actually make vents that you can put in the garage, and you put uh, one down at the bottom on one side of the garage, and then on the other side, there's a power vent that can take the air out, and so it pulls cooler air in, and hot air rises, so the upper vent takes the air out as it's drawing new air in. And it it can work off of a uh, thermostat and humidistat, so even if the humidity levels get too high, it can kick on and start the fan up. But typically in a garage situation, the humidity is not the issue. It's strictly the heat, and it can automatically come on and off. Mary Jane in Allen, tap water filtration systems. Hi, Jim. My husband and I are longtime listeners and have always found your advice very reliable. Can you recommend a product that can be installed in the home to purify tap water that is reasonably inexpensive and low maintenance. This would be in lieu of handling five-gallon jugs with dispenser or purchasing a water filtration system for the entire house. We've been purchasing bottled water by the case for years and are exploring alternatives for our drinking water. All right, well, I, I will tell you, a reverse osmosis system is the best way to go. For cleaning up your water uh, I, I put them everywhere because uh, if you have a reverse osmosis system you don't need to worry about uh, filtering it and all that stuff now uh, obviously a reverse osmosis system has filters in it uh, but by that I mean you're not having to worry about running it through a whole house filter now I personally have both a water softener and a reverse osmosis system at my house. At the uh, townhouse I have down in Pasadena where I go during the week for work, um, I just have the reverse osmosis system. Works great. As far as cost and stuff, it just depends on where you get it and if you want to put it in yourself or not. So you can do it for you know 200 bucks. You may spend 800 It just depends on if you do it yourself and where you get it. Uh, if you want to do it yourself, even the box stores have a system that you can install yourself. Now, one thing you will notice is you've got to change the filters when they recommend. Uh, if you don't, you will start getting a taste in the water again. But as long as you're using a reverse osmosis system, the, the drinking water is excellent. You won't need to worry about it. Jim, I enjoyed your video on how to install a soaker hose for foundation watering. My home has pop-up sprinkler heads surrounding the entire home. Is this sufficient to water the foundation? If so, how long and how often? Thank you. Well, on the soaker hoses, I have you run them twice a day, starting at 15 minutes each time. And this year, because of how dry it is, I've really been telling everybody 25 minutes twice a day. And you're giving it just a little bit of water on a regular basis to help it soak deep down into the ground. So if you want to run your pop-ups twice a day, 15 minutes each time, yes, they will suffice. The thing is, most of the time the pop-ups are only run a couple times a week. And so it's only designed to soak in the top two, three inches. We want moisture soaking five, six, seven feet down, and that means more consistent moisture being added, and that's the reason for the soaker hose to begin with. 
uh, you will save quite a bit of water by doing it with soaker hoses as well because they're down under the ground. You're not losing moisture to evaporation. So you save about 20% of the water of trying to water it on the surface. Can, can spray heads work? They can, but by the time you run them long enough for it to soak down, you're going to oversaturate your yard. You're wasting water, and it's going to cost you a lot more in the long run than just using the soaker hose. And if you want to hook it up on a on your timer like the sprinkler system is, if you've got an open um, port on there, you know, an open zone, you can put a valve to turn on and off and run the soaker hoses just like you do the rest of your watering system. And uh, so that that's the direction I would uh, recommend you go. Again, if you got a question, 713-212-5874. That's 713-212-5874. And I'll see what I can do to help you out here on Texas Home Improvement. And by the way, when you're watering with the soaker hoses, always make sure you use a pressure regulator to get the city pressure down because it comes in at between uh, 50 and 80 psi you want to drop it down to around 20 psi and use a backflow preventer because if the ground ever floods you don't want it being able to siphon water back into the water supply so those two items will keep you from having an issue shannon you doing all right today yes sir how you doing wonderful good deal I was calling to find out if uh, we have an issue on our flooring. Um, I used to have a wood floor, like panels, wood floors, and we changed it out for wood tiles. And um, the problem I'm having is anytime there's moisture outside, there is, I, I always say it wrong, what, efflorescence? Yes. That comes up through the grout. Yes. Um, and I have I've tried all the remedies I've seen to do: put acid on it, scrape it, whatever. And every single time I have moisture, it's back again. It looks like my floor is it's a white patches everywhere. And yeah, I was wondering, other than pulling up my entire flooring, what kind of solution there is for that. Well, almost always it is a moisture issue, and I shouldn't say almost. It's always a moisture issue. It's a matter of finding where the moisture is coming from and addressing that. And what typically causes the moisture problem is the soils around the foundation get too high, Mm -hmm. and it starts allowing moisture into the concrete because... Uh, you know, uh, w- when you first buy a house, a, a, a brand new house, there's typically going to be four inches or more of the concrete showing below the brick. And over uh-huh. time, as we mow the yards and, you know, leave the grass there and all that kind of stuff, the soils eventually rise. And usually when it gets up to where you've only got, say, two inches of concrete showing or less, that moisture starts traveling through the concrete and coming up as the effervescence. The other thing that can cause it is just moisture traveling through the soil. So if there's a, a standing water outside, uh, drainage not proper, things like that, that mm-hmm. will even tend to make it worse. 
Okay. So digging around the house, lowering the soil level may may i mean you you got to take a look yeah you've got to take a look and see uh you know do you have areas where the water stands do you have areas where the there's not much of the foundation showing if the answer to either one or both of those is yes then it's time to regrade yeah the most problem area is right like my kitchen but my kitchen's attached to an outdoor patio as well Uh so it but that's where i have the most the worst part of it it is attached to the so it's not like even soils right there but if it's traveling through that would make sense yeah yeah and and quite frankly if the patio you know has water on it or uh you know the expansion between the house and the uh patio gets water that ponds in it and stuff that can add to it as well okay all right, I guess we'll take a look there and hit another. <laughs> Keep going till we get rid of the white spots. <laughs> yep, yeah, it, and, and it's a battle because what causes it is the moisture gets into the concrete and there's a chemical reaction with some of the stuff that was on the rocks that was used in the cement when it was originally made. And the um, that's what produces the effervescence. So even once you stop the moisture it's going to take a little bit for this to completely stop and go away okay all right well i appreciate you thank you so much you're welcome you take care rob and katie how can i help you hey how you doing jim great i have a question i've got a one and a half story home uh and two air conditioners and a lower four ton down and two ton up and my upstairs uh, i mean both of them work fine i've had them checked but during the day when I set that upstairs on 78, it will never stay at 78. It goes up to like the mid 80s and does not cool down until the evening time. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I everyone's told me or every serviceman I've had over there said, oh, yeah, that's plenty up there. You know, the attic's well insulated, but I still can't get it to get below 85, you know. Uh, until well, like you know eight or nine at night, then it then it'll cool down. So how many square feet is are it, upstairs? It's uh, two bedrooms and then like an area that overlooks the low the first floor. So it's probably six hundred square feet. Six fifty. Okay. I'm guessing. Yeah, in general terms. Um, the two tons should be enough, but then you got to look at the windows. You got to look at which way everything is facing. What's in the walls for insulation, and yeah. all that goes into the calculation. And, and honestly, uh, given what you're telling me, you know they've checked the system and it's going right. Uh, yeah. I'm betting that the heat load is more than that system can handle. Which means what? Which means it's probably undersized. So the, the best way to find out is somebody needs to do what's called a heat load calculation on it. And okay. that's and every AC company nowadays should have the capability of doing that, but they uh-huh. don't take the time to do it. And it's so simple. They, they basically put the stuff into an iPad, you know, how many square feet, which way it's facing, uh, what the insulation, what the windows are, and all that stuff. And then the system will calculate and tell you 
what size AC you should have there. Yeah, I mean, there's virtually no windows up there. Each bedroom has a window that faces north. Okay. And there's a hallway, lead, you know, connecting the two bedrooms, and it goes to the little loft area. It's like a maybe a 300-square-foot area. And then on the other side, on the southern side of the upstairs, there's a wall, and then that's where the attic is, and the roof slopes down towards the back of the house. You know, I've got ridge vents up there. Um, I do and what's not in have, I, that area that you just ahead. described, where it slopes down, and it down. sounds like the the wall for for the room is probably uh, got attic space behind it. What's on those walls for insulation? Um, just the regular R thirty. I guess what you call bats. Okay. See, yeah, it sounds like it's got great insulation. Then if it's got R thirty in it, yeah. Um, now I know. Now it's got along that wall that connects the two bedrooms. That's uh-huh. it's, we've got a door there. That's how you access the air conditioner and furnaces. Okay. Uh, they're both up up there. Uh, when you walk into that area, that's where the roof is sloping down. Um, but it's just like I said, it just doesn't get. It won't stay at that seventy-eight setting. It'll go up to eighty-five, eighty-six degrees yeah. on these hot days. And of course, it runs all the time. And, and uh, um, so do I'm this. I, I, I don't. We don't normally do this, but I'm kind of interested at this point. Call yeah. call my Due West Air Conditioning Office at seven one three four seven five zero 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 four. And tell them we talked on the radio. I'll, I'll give them your name, uh, your first okay. name. And uh, I want Jay to come out and take a look. I won't, we won't charge. I just want to see what's there and have him do right. a quick heat load on it. Oh, well, that'd be great, man. So that's Due West, yep. AP 713-475-0004. Yep. And tell them you need okay. Jay out there. Okay. And okay. Then- they're open Monday through Friday, is it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. All right. Another thing I've heard a lot of people calling in and asking about the blown-in insulation, is that worth it to do in the interior walls of a home? No, not at all. It's not? It will okay. do absolutely. Uh, you know, the 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 foam insulation and and any to any insulation on the interior walls uh, will serve absolutely no purpose other than to help with soundproofing. But f- right. for energy efficiency, zero. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give them a call. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Got an email from Linda in Justin, and she says, we are buying our first home rather late in life. I'm 59, and he's 61, but here we are. My husband is a disabled veteran, is not able to do the work like he used to do. So for the first time... We are hiring for things to be done, like painting or interior uh, oops, putting in handicap bars and bathrooms, ceiling fans and, you know, doggy doors, things like that. Is it better to hire a specialist for each job or a handyman to do it all? I'm having to talk to them myself, so I'm new to all this and don't want to take advantage, but I need to get it done before we move in to be safe for him 
Any advice you can give would be appreciated. Questions I should ask, things to be on the lookout for, etc. The house is a new build that is uh, expressed, meaning we can't change anything until we close on August 25th. Can you... Oh, thank you for any advice you can give us, Linda. Well, Linda, I guess the first thing I would tell you is it's going to depend on what type of work you need to have done. Now, the things you listed here, painting is is the first one that caught my eye. I'm not going to use a handyman on that. I'm going to use a painter for that, somebody who specializes in painting. Um, but when it comes to doing some of the smaller projects that, that you were listing off, um, then, yes, I'm going to probably get into using just a handyman. Uh, the ceiling fans, electricians will do that for you. The doggy door, that that's something you can have the handyman do. So yeah, it really is going to depend on what you're needing. The fortunate thing for you, being a new construction home, you're probably not going to need a lot done after you get through this initial stuff. And I'll be honest with you, if you go talk with the builder, he will probably have some people who are willing to work on most of these items that you have uh, and and get it taken care of for you. So that that may be an avenue to to help you out with that. Otherwise, uh, if you're looking for uh, a painter or something like that, um, you know, Certipro, it, that's all those guys do is paint. They would be able to take care of the painting for you. And then uh, if you're looking truly for a handyman to do some of the smaller projects, don't go into the box stores, but go into the lumber yards, go into uh, places, uh, you know, hardware stores, things like that. And there will be handymen in your isolated area listed who can help you out. Now, uh, you're in Justin, so I know just up the road at in Denton is a 84 Lumber. Uh, they have a, a board that has those kind of people on it that could probably help you out just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast it helps people find us ed in garland how can i help you today hey how's it going um i have a linen closet at the end of my um hallway that is also the access to the crawl space underneath the house we're on a pier and beam and it has a pretty deep crawl space under there um, on the other side of that linen closet is my hall bathroom, and about six months ago or so, we had to take everything out of the linen closet. We normally have blankets and pillows and stuff on the floor in there, so the plumber could get to the um, shower to change out some, some faucets. When we did that, we noticed that the humidity level on that end of the house went way up. I mean, you could walk down the hall and it would just kind of hit you as you were going down toward that linen closet. We had everything out of there for about two weeks because we wanted to launder everything and put everything back. Once we put everything back on the floor, covering up the the little piece of plywood that comes out to get to the crawl space, everything went back to normal. I'm just concerned about whether I should be concerned about that humidity level that apparently was sort of wafting up from the crawl space under there. Well, it raises a, a, a few questions uh, for sure. I mean, the, the first one is, what's the flooring in the area? Is it, is it wood or is it a carpet or what? It's laminate. Okay. 
It's okay. a laminate flooring. Now, they're, they're the, yeah, the flooring on the bottom of the linen closet is also laminate, and then but it's attached to the little thing that comes up to open the crawl space. Right. Okay. And then uh, your air conditioning system, I'm assuming your central air and heat? Central air and heat, yes. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason I'm asking that is your, your central air and heat should pressurize the house to where it's, you know, uh, instead of drawing air in from outside, it should pressurize it where it would blow stuff out of the house. Okay. And that, that helps to minimize that air infiltration from underneath the crawl space. And so that may be something you want to have checked out on it. Okay. Uh, but the other thing that you can do is just go to the box store and get you some weather stripping. Okay. Pull up that little door, put weather stripping around the, on the little ledge that the door panel sits on, mm-hmm. and drop it back in. Well, that sounds easy enough. So, so you don't think it could be like I would have mold or anything going on under there because of the humidity level, or oh, absolutely, I'm, you, I'm not you good. Could. I'm yeah, I'm not getting the crawl space. I'm way too big and way too old for that. <laughs> so, all right, so maybe I'll uh, have somebody but, down there with a flashlight and look around. Yeah, I mean the first first thing to do is 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 get the the stuff from coming in, and I, I'd be a little concerned about stacking all the blankets and pillows and stuff on there because if you do have moisture coming up through there, yeah, uh, it, it one it's going to put an odor into those blankets and pillows, but two, uh, it could start those to mildew if there's okay. enough humidity coming through. I, I don't think there is. We we haven't ever seen anything like that, and we've been here about. 30 years so oh yeah if that's the case i don't think it's that bad yeah if that's the case you probably don't have a lot to worry about as long as there's no leaks underneath there that have caused it to spike for any reason uh then i I probably wouldn't lose any sleep over it but you you know if you got a concern that that it's uh, too moist underneath there or something if you'll call due west we can come out and we'll crawl around underneath there because we do do deal with a lot of uh crawl space ventilation Okay. And, you know, if, if it's dry underneath and the soil is dry, I wouldn't worry about it. But if it's moist in areas and stuff, then sometimes it needs a little help to circulate the air. So I got an email from Carrie in Buffalo. She says, Jim, I have a new manufactured home with a fiberglass shower pan. When the house was moved in, there were several scratches in the pan. They sent out a company to refinish it. The new finish is extremely slick. I slipped this past week and got pretty beat up. My question is, is there anything I can paint or coat the shower pan with that will help? Thank you. Well, actually, there is. I mean, there's stickers you can put in, uh, you know, that that are made to keep it from sliding. You could put one of those rubber mats in the bottom that have suction cups. Uh, but as far as something that you just paint onto the fiberglass, uh, no, there, I don't know of anything like that that's available. But like I said, they they got uh, pads and and stuff that you can put in, uh, stickers that you can put on, and all those are designed to keep it from being slick that way and uh, should take care of that for you. Angelo, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Thank you, and thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, two questions. One, I have a son who's bought an older house that has the popcorn ceilings. Um, 
what the process would be if we try to tackle that and or if we don't and we want to have someone come in is that a painter or is that a certain kind of contractor you'd want to call to get that done for you okay well and then okay well let's let's address that one first and you know popcorn ceilings a lot of people don't don't like them they do hide a multitude of sin in in the sheetrock work in in a ceiling you have any idea what year the home was built 83 okay so it should be on 16 inch center so the the ceiling should be fairly flat so to take it off the best way is to uh, get a pump up sprayer spray some moisture up there that helps to minimize the dust and it softens the material to to where it comes off easier you can use a six inch putty putty knife or wider and in some cases you know the best way is to hook it up to a shop vac you tape the putty knife onto it and scrape and the shop vac will suck everything into it as as you're scraping it off that really okay. helps to minimize the mess they do make scrapers that have a, a net to catch the material as it's coming down as well but i personally like the the shop vac or, or quite frankly i let it fall to the ground where i've already laid out plastic they're not hard to get off by any means of the imagination uh, as far as somebody to do it it would be a painter typically uh or a sheetrock repair type person uh that would scrape it off and, and retexture uh, you can scrape it off yourself and prep it and then let them come in and spray the texture on for you. And usually you'll you'll get a better job that way. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you for those tips. You bet. Now you had okay, a second, second question? Yes, sir. Um, at our house, we have a workshop, a metal building workshop, a 60 by 60 workshop. And, of course, I've been walking around the, the outside of it, and there's certain portions where I can see where the dirt is lower than the contract, like little spots. So my question is, is that like alarming and I should have a foundation person come in, or is it okay for me just to go get dirt and fill in what I see? No, nah, just fill in with dirt. Okay. And, 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 and understand, I am a foundation repair contractor, but mm -hmm. it's not unusual for, you know, especially if there's a, uh, an area of slope, where the dirt will uh -huh. slough and, and try to flatten itself out. So, yeah, just fill it in and you'll be fine. Is there any certain dirt you should use when you're talking about your foundation like Yes, that? don't use sand. Uh, you want to okay. use uh, uh, something that's got a clay base to it so that it packs in and holds. Clay base. Okay. All right, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate the help. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.